Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. morning, Melissa. How are you doing? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm finally in Washington. And after those many, many days of road tripping, feels like. Oh my gosh. I still don't know how you drove across the country in a huge truck towing a car, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. That's it insane. feels it feels like it lasted a long time, but uh, we're finally here. Now we're just looking for a house and uh, we're in our new home. So that's exciting. Yeah. How are you doing? so exciting. Um, pretty good. We haven't even talked about this, but my husband and I are, we think, getting a cabin for short-term rental property to post on Airbnb and do the whole like, yeah, trying to make money being Airbnb host with a short-term rental property. So oh my I've gosh, been, that sounds fun. Oh, I've been so excited about it. So that's a lot of what I've been thinking of outside of work. If anyone on here that's listening has done Airbnb hosting before, please reach out to me because I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, my email, well, let's use my hey email because we mentioned that earlier. You can email me at alyssad at hey.com. Yay, that's exciting. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited. Um, I also, of course, just want to stay in the cabin myself as yeah. much as I can, but the purpose is to make money. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, definitely. Well, good luck with that endeavor. Thank you. So I'm really excited about today's episode. By the time you all hear this, it's going to have been probably around a month after this has happened. But for us right now recording, this is pretty fresh. So there's a video that's been circulating Twitter and deliverability blogs. And I think everyone gets really excited when deliverability makes the news in some way. (laughs) You know, I can finally show my parents like, hey, this is kind of this is relevant. It's related to what I do. Um, But in case you haven't seen it, there is a video of Congressman Greg Stubbe from Florida recently complaining to the CEO of Google that he believes his emails are being filtered to spam because he's a conservative Republican. So let's listen to the clip. My parents who have a Gmail account aren't getting my campaign emails. My supporters, just last week, one of my supporters called me and said, hey, I, I just want you to know this, that my Gmail account suddenly is taking your campaign emails that I've received for almost 10 years, and suddenly they're going to spam in junk folders. This is appears to only be happening to conservative Republicans. I don't see anything in the news or anything in the press or other members on the other side of the aisle talking about their campaign emails getting thrown into junk folders in Gmail. So my question is, is why is this only happening to Republicans? And it's a fact it's happening because I can have my supporters testify that they've received my emails for eight years, eight, nine years. And suddenly this last year, all of their Gmail, uh, my campaign emails and their Gmail are going to their spam folder. So if you could if you could give me some clarification on that, I would appreciate it. So believe it or not, Congressman Stubbe is not the first politician to make this claim. In 2019, Tulsi Gabbard, a Democratic presidential candidate, sued Gmail for $50 million. Um, The core of Gabbard's lawsuit was about Google suspending the campaign's advertising account for six hours. But within that lawsuit, she did mention that she believed that her 
emails were being placed in spam folders at a disproportionate rate compared to other candidates. Yeah. And someone can fact check me on this. I'm pretty sure from the things I've read around the industry that she ended up removing that part from her lawsuit because I think Gmail did a good enough job explaining how deliverability works. Um, But we do want to point out, you know, people from both sides of the aisle are making this claim and believe that they are getting their email sent to the spam folder because of their political affiliations or unfairly or whatever it may be. So if, you know, you have some awkward political dinner conversations come up at the holiday table this year, I don't know if you all are like me, but that happens to me every year. And I personally try and dodge them as much as possible. Feel free (laughs) to just divert and say, oh, so interesting. Did you know that politicians on both sides of the aisle think that their emails are getting unfairly placed in the spam folder when really it's just because they have bad email sending practices and they have poor sender reputations. And that might get your family to just, you know, stop talking because they're like, I don't care. But yeah, they don't care. <laughs> or they might <laughs> think it's really not interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. It might just go over, you know, your cousin's head and they're just like, OK, cool. Not going to talk to that guy about politics anymore or girl. And yeah. there you go. Problem solved. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, this is a really interesting topic. I think that with all the uncertainty on pretty much everything in 2020, especially, and leading up into this, you know, to this election, this is one topic that I feel very comfortable talking about because it is happening to both sides, you know, conservative, liberal sides. Both people think that they are under some kind of extra scrutiny or a magnifying glass. But if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that that's just not necessarily true. Yep. And we've said it across so many different episodes, but this also gets to the root that non-political senders also have of thinking spam filtering or deliverability is personal. Mm -hmm. And I know we said it in an episode with Lauren from Kickbox that's fresh in my mind. You know, she's saying, it's not Bob at Gmail, just saying, oh, that's spam. That's not spam. Mm -hmm. That's spam. It's algorithms. It isn't personal. But if you're showing signs of sending that a spammer has used you might look like a spammer and it might go to the spam folder. And if you've seen political emails or mm-hmm. you've been on one of those lists, you know for a fact that they are showing signs of being a spammer. And we'll get into that later of why political emails can be a bit different than other emails and how their teams often run their campaigns in a way mm-hmm. that goes against any deliverability best practice. Yeah, it's funny. The first thing I actually thought of when I looked over the notes for this episode was when I get text messages lately from different political like campaign volunteers Mm -hmm. um and it's just interesting because you know i don't know how they got my phone number and i feel like if you were to equate that to email that seems like a very big violation of emailing me when i haven't given you my consent i didn't give you my consent to text me i don't know how Mm -hmm. you have my number so it's just funny that's the first thing i thought of i've been getting a lot of those lately same here. And part of me wonders if they've moved over to text more because with text, there's no reputation involved. There's no deliverability. Um, it's essentially how email used to be. You know, you can text whoever you want and you're not going to see any negative actions. But with email, obviously, if you email whoever you want, you will see negative actions, which is exactly what Stuby and Gabbard were seeing. And I know personally, I have received so many unsolicited political emails from a lot of the people who were running for president, you know, before we've narrowed it down more now, but 
every time I get those, I'm like, oh, man, y'all don't know what you're doing. And you're going to complain, you know, that someone's treating you unfairly, but you're sending me emails I never signed up for. So um, let's get to that a little bit. So, you know, the overlying question is Gmail filtering messages based on the sender's political beliefs? So the answer is no, as we're saying, Um could someone, you know, maybe do that? Like some mailbox provider? Sure. Gmail is very reputable and their algorithms are very involved. And you all know, you know, you've been listening to this podcast. You know how sender reputation works. And again, if you've seen political emails or been on those lists, you know that they're doing it wrong and their reputations are suffering. So, you know, could Gmail be sending Stubies emails to spam more than other politicians? Definitely. Just like if you own a restaurant and you have great sender reputation, great deliverability, best practices, you listen to this podcast, you know what you're doing. And then a restaurant down the road doesn't listen to this podcast. They don't know what they're doing. And they decide to email everyone in their town that, you know, they didn't sign up for their list. Gmail is going to send more of that restaurant's emails to the spam folder. Does that mean Gmail hates that restaurant? and wants them to fail and loves you unfairly? No, (laughs) it means you have better sender practices, better deliverability best practices than that restaurant. And that's exactly what's happening here in the political world too. Great metaphor. Thanks. That's pretty good. (laughs) So another uh, layer here that I think is really interesting is that political emails tend to experience more deliverability issues in general because it's such a different landscape. So if we think about presidential candidate, for example. Let's say I'm going to run for president in 2020. I might not care that much, honestly, what my sender reputation and deliverability is like post-election. But what I care about is I want everyone that can know my name to know my name and know my, you know, whatever my values or donate to me, whatever that is. And so I might say, I'm going to ruin my sender reputation and deliverability for right now just to get in front of as many people as possible. And that's kind of what happens with political emails because they operate on an election cycle. So they are willing to tank their sender reputation by the time election day hits. And then after election, you know, take some time off sending, build that back up, go through that pain period that most people would not want to go through. Because again, they're just They're trying to go fast. They're trying to get in front of as many people as possible in a short amount of time. And most other email senders don't have that sort of thing in place. You just want to have great deliverability all the time and you want it to be sustainable. I can only imagine, too, I'm just thinking through like how political emails are different than business emails or emails from companies that you want to hear from. I think that there's a lot of fatigue in political emails, obviously. You know, we hear about it. We hear people ramping up for this election, I would say, you know, past year, year and a half, people are starting to talk about it. And as we've mentioned before, subscriber engagement is so important when it comes to your sender reputation. So I can only think that even if I support a candidate, let's say, you know, you are running for president in 2020 and I'm seeing um, Alyssa Doolin everywhere I don't think that even if I supported you as a candidate, that I would want to interact with every single email that I would be getting. So on top of them sending maybe unsolicited emails or trying to, you know, their frequency is really high, subscriber engagement is not going to be what maybe Target experiences, you know, where they have more (laughs) targeted that was that was bad. That was a bad pun. 
But they experience more or they use more targeted uh, marketing practices to be sure that subscribers are getting the content they want to receive, unlike political campaigns where, like you said, they are willing to get as much face time as possible, even if it's poor. Right. And along that same line, you know, making the difference between Target or another normal sender and political emails, as we mentioned in almost every episode, to have good engagement, you need to be providing value. So for, you know, someone who uses ConvertKit, let's say it's an author, that value might be, you know, whatever it is you're writing about, you send some free content to your newsletter monthly. And then finally, you know, maybe a month or two later, you're going to make a pitch to them or try to sell them something. And even at that point, selling email is providing them value because if they buy that thing from you, they're going to get your product. Right. So with political emails, they're not really providing any value. I mean, you might be interested to learn what that politician's values are or platform is. But you can find that pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, their emails are just blasting you to give them money to donate. And again, if you're really passionate about a political candidate, sure, you might want to donate, but you don't want to receive an email once a week telling you, please donate, please donate, crunch time, please donate. Right. And and you know they're not using any sort of, uh, well, I can't say that for certain, but you know they're not paying attention to, you know, who has donated. So when you use ConvertKit, obviously this would be on a much smaller scale. Let's say someone did click a button, they were tagged, and you could tell, oh, I think this person probably donated. You could exclude them from those emails that are asking for donations. So there's more there's more targeted practices that regular senders are using every day to make sure that they're not making their subscribers feel fatigued from seeing the same message every single day. But those political campaigns, maybe I did already donate and I'm still getting emails from you asking me to do so. And it, it definitely makes you yep. feel distrustful of the sender. Yeah. And at a certain point, the political emails are just asking for you to give, 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 give. And they're not giving you anything in return. Like you're just kind of maybe if you actually do want them to win, you're kind of hoping they win. Maybe you'll donate a little money, but they're not, you know, like a normal other kind of sender. They're not sending you best tips for blah, 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 or sending you helpful content or giving you something in exchange for the money you're giving them, like which happens with Target's emails. Maybe it's annoying to get a Target promotional email, but you might see something in there you want to buy. And if you buy it, you get something in return, right? Get a cool couch or whatever you're trying to buy. With the politicians' emails, they're just wanting you to give money constantly and you're not really getting anything in return. So not on a smaller makes, scale, at least, you know. Right. Yeah, we, we understand it's for the larger, <laughs> right, of course. the larger grand uh, results. But that is so, that's also so far down the road comparatively. I just, I feel like that's such a long time. Like, let's say they started these kinds of campaigns ramping up for the last year. That's a long time to bombard your subscribers or maybe people that did not subscribe to your list um, right. with, with content that, I mean, let's face it, a lot of people only start to get relevant with these kinds of topics. I don't want to generalize people, but I would say a lot of people start to get relevant when it gets closer and closer. And so a year ago, I don't think people were as concerned, probably not as engaged looking through those emails. Then maybe there was a certain point where they started to become more engaged and then it probably falls off because they're so sick of it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, if we're looking at it in just deliverability terms and not you know, political terms, 
then yeah, like everything they're doing is not great for mm-hmm. your sender reputation, for deliverability. They also tend to purchase lists, share lists, all kinds of things. Like I know I was getting emails from, I think it was Bernie Sanders for a little bit, and I definitely didn't sign up for his list, but I think he got my email from some like environmental thing, like organization I signed mm-hmm. up for a long time ago. Like, oh yeah, I want to do better at recycling. Um So that organization, I don't remember who it was, but they clearly like shared my email. And I think that happens a lot in politics. They just Mm want to get in front of anyone who might have the same, you know, beliefs or agenda as them. And I get that from a political level. But again, from a deliverability perspective, that typically doesn't go well. I'm very sure I unsubscribed. A lot of people probably would have marked it as spam or just not engaged. So that's another layer on top of all of this that makes the deliverability of politicians typically just much worse than a normal sender. You know, we've talked about this a few times. Most of the mail that is sent through or sent to Gmail to subscribers is malicious, is spam. And especially during climates like this, where it's an election year, that just ramps up even more. So even if a political um, candidate has every good intention to reach subscribers, to put their name out there. They're also competing with the fact that Gmail is fighting all of these, you know, bad senders, these people who are trying to do do the wrong thing, trying to get you to click bad links, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you didn't sign up for their list. Maybe they were just trying to get their name out there, but not realizing that you're also, as a as a subscriber or a person who uses email, trying to discern or figure out what things are good and what things are real and what things are bad. Because, you know, Gmail's not going to catch everything. Sometimes a few things will slip through and you'll be looking at an email and maybe it is from Bernie Sanders, but maybe it's not. You're like, well, I didn't sign up for his list, so how did they get my email? You're Mm -hmm. automatically going to wonder, well, is that actually him? Is that his campaign or is that someone else? That's what I would do. Yeah, exactly. I might have thought that too, because I'm like, hmm, I didn't sign up for this. Maybe someone's pretending to be Bernie. Typically, those emails are asking for money. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. that's a really uh, ripe area for spammers to pretend to be, you know, a politician because politicians are always asking for your money. So, it would make a lot of sense if you saw an email from a politician saying, please donate, but it's actually a spammer. So, that's another really great point. So, If you're wanting some data behind this and you're curious, there is a report that was done by Markup and they created a bunch of fresh new Gmail addresses and then signed up for all of the 2020 presidential candidates mailing list. There were a lot of things they found, but one of the things I thought was interesting, they found that Gmail did not place a single one of Elizabeth Warren's emails into the primary inbox in their experiment. But it did place 63% of Buttigieg's emails to the primary inbox. So you can see how someone who doesn't understand deliverability, hearing that stat, would immediately jump to the conclusion like, oh, wow, Gmail is rooting for Buttigieg and they like him and they were trying to sabotage Elizabeth Warren or whatever it may be. Like you can just see how people who don't get how it works can get there looking at stats like that. But what it's actually telling you is that Buttigieg's email team is following better best practices than Elizabeth Warren's email team. And that's pretty much all it is. Or when it comes to people going into spam more, 
it just shows you what the political candidate's email team is doing mm-hmm. and how successful they are. And it doesn't have anything to do with Gmail's own personal, you know, leanings Vendetta, or Vendetta, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also think, too, if two different political candidates, let's say both of them, both of their emails are going to spam. Again, if you listen to this podcast, you would also be able to recognize or maybe think that it could be two totally different reasons that they are going to spam. So Mm -hmm. on top of one team having or one candidate having a better marketing team than the other, there also could be things going on behind the scenes that are completely different. So if they're both going to spam, one could be purchasing lists and maybe the other one is not purchasing lists, but maybe they are sending to all of their um, unengaged subscribers. Right. So both of those things are sending them to spam. And it's easy to think, oh, well, you know, same thing. All these emails are going to spam, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and what is causing exactly those emails to go to spam. Yep. hundred percent. And it's so interesting. So if you are a Stuby or Gabbard or another political candidate listening to this podcast episode, you know, feel free to reach out to us. We'd be happy to give you some tips. And I hope this podcast was helpful to you. Maybe we should DM Stuby and send this to him. Um, every once in a while, I go on to or I, yeah, I'll check my email and I'll look for emails from bigger companies and I'll do some snooping. Yeah. And I'll like, you know, some of the things that we've told people to do for their own deliverability checklist to just look at things themselves. I'll do those things with certain companies just because I'm interested. I'm like, oh, are they are they failing DMARC? Are they? I don't know. So interesting. I just I just think it's funny. (laughs) I don't know. You never know what you're going to find. I love it. You're in the right job. (laughs) It's great. Um, I haven't found anything big yet, so I I'm not that good. Well, I'm telling you right now, if you do find anything big, don't be shy. You can always reply to them and tell them like, hey, I just noticed this thing. I do this for a living. I did that one time and I wasn't trying, you know, to get yeah. anything out of it. But they were like, hey, I want to pay you. So you might get a yeah, sweet never consulting know. gig that way. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like we did a good job covering why Gmail might place one political candidate's emails in the spam folder more than another. And it has nothing to do with any sort of, you know, political beliefs, agendas, but everything to do with essentially the signals that that political candidate's emails have been sending to the spam filtering algorithms. The more engaged people are with their messages, the better. The less engaged and the more negative actions people take, the worse. And as we all know, political emails can cause a lot of negative actions or unengagement. So it makes a lot of sense that a lot of politicians out there struggle with email deliverability. Yeah, and with so much going on that they're doing during an election year, I think it's really easy, just like a lot of senders who are kind of unaware of the back end of email, it would be easy, like you said, to jump to a conclusion to assume that they are being uh, negatively affected just based on their political views. And and we say all the time, you know, well, there's another person on the other side of the email address. We try to humanize that aspect in this podcast. But on the other end, algorithms and and filtering is not a human aspect. And it, there is no way to humanize that because it is solely that it's an algorithm. It's, it's kind of weird because on one hand, we really do want senders to remember there's someone on the other end of the email address that they're sending content to. But on the other hand, it's important to remember that it's not personal with filtering and specifically how Gmail does things. It's to keep their senders, their customers safe from malicious and harmful content. Exactly. I think what you're saying is 
these people are misplacing their... Yes, exactly. I don't know if it's anger or confusion or whatever with the filters. And what they really need to do is focus on the people that they're emailing because right. those are the humans who actually are determining their reputation. And if you treat them like numbers, right. like what's happening, or just eyeballs or just pocketbooks, then you're going to have bad deliverability because... Mm-hmm. Those people are actually determining your reputation and whether your email makes it to the inbox or spam folder. It's really not Gmail determining that. Um, They're just taking the data that they have to make the right decision. Exactly. But it's those people. So if you see them as actual humans, try to understand what they want from you, what value you can provide to them, and don't send them an email unless they have signed up for it. Then you're going to have much better luck. Yeah, I think that covers it. Love it. In the tough uh, election year, we found a topic that we can we can talk about without feeling a little bit stressed out about it. Yeah, I mean, deliverability defined. We're just uniting yep. America. That's our that's our goal. It's <laughs> our goal. You know, we all got to get on the same page. So this is one thing. Hopefully, we can all agree on. Let's all treat our email subscribers like humans that we care about and provide value to them uh, on both sides. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> Love it. So we say this every time, but just want to remind you, if you have a topic idea, if you have a question, we'd love to do a Q&A episode. Go ahead and send those in to us. You can do so by going to convertkit.com slash deliverability. I want to shout out Adam, who uses that form often, and it's amazing. So he'll often ask a question to us based on something we covered in the episode and or give us really great recommendations like about our YouTube videos. We have some quick tip videos every now and then. But anyways, I really enjoy getting to email back and forth with him because he uses that form. So be like Adam, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Cool. Also, um, please leave us a review. I hate asking for that every week, but (laughs) if we're helping you, we'd love to hear about it in the reviews. So yeah, please do that. (laughs) Okay, we'll let you go. All right. We'll see you guys next week. And thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week. Bye.